the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Listen, this isn't a good way to start the week. What do you it's not. I'll tell you right now. With a now. complaint? Yeah. No, I'm just saying. You know, so the ride home streaming live on YouTube at the word Pittsburgh. But I was on my way in today, just, you know, getting my last few things together and working on my hair. And John, I called John. He's saying, and I said, oh, excuse me, man, I, I, have to, I had to put the phone down because I'm doing the curling iron thing. You know, you <laughs> ladies know what I'm talking about. Cool. And John's like, oh, don't worry about doing your hair. We're not streaming today. There's something wrong with the equipment. I was I trying said, to be helpful. Oh. He was trying to be helpful. So I was like, okay. So I just stopped the hair right in the middle. I was like, okay, then fine. Then I come in today, 30 seconds ago. Christy says, oh, we're streaming. I said, John. I didn't know. You led me down a dark path. Okay. I mean, I was. That's the last know, thing to do to a person. I mean, you know, it's kind of like the Farrah Fawcett look. All, <laughs> all swoopy and curly and stuff. Half the side of your face is mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. The other face is kind of flat. I just kind of stopped when I got near it's the fine. top. Listen, it's a great improvement over my hair. How do you feel about your hair today, Fine. John? I feel fine. It looks good. It's you can fine. see both of our hairdos mm-hmm. if you'd like. Yeah. The Ride Home Streaming Live on YouTube at the word Pittsburgh. Does anyone use the word hairdo, hairdo? anymore? Well, I think so. Hairdo. My, they say my do. My, my do. do. Don't no. they? No, I don't think so. I don't no think they said. do. Hair, isn't it hairstyle? No, hair I think style. it's probably style. I think a style is probably better. I think maybe if we just stopped it at hair. I think that really implies no, the rest. No. Yeah. No. How's my hair? You don't have to say style or do. Huh. Mm-hmm. When you go to have your hair done, isn't there conversation like what that? What do you say? I'm going to get my hair cut. I'm going to get Styled. my hair done. What do you say, Christy? No. So it depends on what I'm getting done. Feathered. Okay. What do you say? So like, if I'm just going to get a cut, I'm saying I'm going to get a haircut. Okay. Haircut. But, but you know, if you're getting like highlights or something, highlights. then do, are you, do, are you, do you say I'm going to get highlights or do you just see? I no, just say I'm just going to get my hair done. Yeah, me too. I'm getting my hair done. I don't, oh, I don't want to tell everybody what all yeah. the particulars yeah. are. I'm getting a trim. One time before you came, Christy, um, I was in the middle of getting my hair colored and I sent John and former producer Mike a picture of me yeah. getting my hair colored. It was all foily. It was. Oh, sure it was. <laughs> they really appreciated it. was like outer space. It. Been there, done that. I think right. there was a moment when I was being threatened at some point with mm-hmm. that photograph mm-hmm. being made public. I'm going to have a bob. I'm getting a bob. I'm going to do like I'd a like princess die. I'd like to see you with a bob. I would too. A mean, princess die. Like, you know. So who else inspired hair hairstyles? Like you can Clara get the princess Beau die. Is a bob. Okay, um, Dorothy Hamill, of course. Of course. Are Jen there any Aniston? other who? Jen Aniston. Of course. Oh really? That was a thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Would you ever Farrah do- Fawcett for sure with the yeah. with the wings? You know the wispy. You know the feathering. That's what mm-hmm. they. I was called Snoop Dogg. <laughs> He does. Uh, People doing the Snoop Dogg uh, look. Give true. me the cornrows. He yeah. makes me Would laugh. Would you guys so do hard. cornrows? No. no. Really? No way. I mean, like, what if you went? I to feel Ju- like that would be cultural appropriation for no, me. No, I know somebody who went uh, on vacation to Jamaica, and apparently there are like roving vendors. Yeah, on the and beach. that's a mistake. It's like getting a tattoo when you've been drinking. Like, I don't think you should just decide to do that when you're in Jamaica. Take a while, wouldn't it? It would take, it would take a long time to do it. It would take doubly to undo. Okay, it. so listen, I had a friend that did that. 
what had cornrows? Yeah, on the beach uh, in Jamaica. Uh-huh. I, it was in Jamaica, on and I don't know if it was afternoon. on the beach, but it was in Jamaica. And when she came back, we all were like, "What were you thinking?" Oh my gosh, what's happened to you? Right. And she said, "Oh, you know, what do you think?" Well, you, she was excited. I mean, it's done now. I, I, were you I can't honest? Say, no, I was not honest. I said it looked great. Oh, what? You were not honest? <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm telling you what I said. Yeah. You should have said, you need some sun in. <laughs> Did you ever use sun in? You oh, need... sun in was so huge. That's really bad for your hair. You need some highlights in your cornrows, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Which make it, uh, I don't think highlights would have helped. The uh, uh, total opposite of cultural yeah. appropriation. Mm-hmm. It was something. Anyway. Okay. How'd we get here? I don't know. Okay. So let's make a hard turn okay. and look at news stories for the day. I mean, that's what you tune in for. Talk about cornrows and news stories. And Jesus as well. All together here on the ride home. Kath, without further ado, please oh my give us the top news stories of the day. Top four at four. Yeah. For Monday, March 21st, 2022. Yeah. Some really shocking numbers caught my attention this morning, John. Mm. According to the Wall Street Journal, Russia's war in Ukraine has forced, I can't get my head around this number, 10 million civilians to flee from their homes. What? 10 million. Three and a half million who've sought refuge in other countries. 10 million people have left their homes for, so 7 million have left and gone to other parts of Ukraine. Three, yes. And, and three, three million yep. have left the country right. in total. Right. That's about a quarter of the population. 25% of the population. I'm surprised. I think it'd be more than that. I know. It's just... What you hear. Anyway, the UN's humanitarian agency says 12 million Ukrainians are in need of urgent aid as the war fuels what has become the fastest growing refugee crisis in Europe since World War II. Oh. God help you. God help us. Number two, John Clayton, a Braddock native and pro football Hall of Fame journalist who began covering the Steelers for the St. Mary's Daily Press when he was 18 and rose to prominence as a tireless, well-informed NFL insider for ESPN, died suddenly Friday. He was 67. I was so sad to hear that news. John, he was the ultimate Pittsburgh guy. Yeah. And his work ethic, his politeness... Beginning to end. All those things. He was so deeply nerdy. Yeah. A major innovator. He was so into the details and the stats before anybody else was Mm -hmm. into the details and stats, which is why they called him the professor. Yep. But for years, I listened to Mike and Mike, um, Mike Greenberg and Mike Golick, who did the ESPN morning show show for a decade probably, and he was a regular guest. And that's when I really grew to love him. Mm -hmm. Um, But he also was a graduate of Duquesne University, worked for the press covering the Steelers in the late 70s and 80s, and of course, gained national prominence after that. Um, He went to work at the News Tribune in Tacoma, Washington after he left the press. Um, And he received a plaque, John, as an official proclamation and a note from then Braddock Mayor John Fetterman a few years ago that said, quote, we'd give you the key to the city, but it was stolen. Mm -hmm. That's Braddock, PA. Ed Bouchette said in the PG, he'll never, he never did forget where he came from. He was so proud of that. I love it. Yeah. Well, I really miss John Clayton. Really, really miss John Clayton. So our very um, most heartfelt sympathies to his wife and sister. Number three. Workers returning to their offices, John facing an unwelcome surprise in the lunchtime salad line. Prices for a bowl of greens are up 11% since this day last year, according to today's Wall Street Journal. 
Everything's up. No Everything's surprise. up. Everything's up. They're talking about how workers are used to working from home and relying on the food in their own refrigerator. Yeah. And now that they're coming back to work, they're you know going out to eat like they used to do. You know, I'll go downstairs and grab sure. a salad or whatever. But the salad costs like a whole different thing than it cost last time they were working. Interesting. And so people are saying it's costing me an extra fifty dollars a week to eat out to eat out and to pay for my gas to get to work. Stay at home. Yeah. And number four. Clavens, the ice cream market, the historic ice cream market on Penn Avenue in the Strip District, up for sale. Yeah, it's a weird story. I did not know this. Uh, Jacob Hanchar, who is also the CEO of a robotics company, mm-hmm. is uh, saying, well, I, I can't really pay much attention to it, so I'm going to let it go. Right. I need to be able to give it to somebody who can lavish more love on it. No, i got to be honest. I haven't been there in years. Mm. Well, first off, it's your top four. four. All right. Thank you. Second of all, um, I was there last summer. Really? Mm-hmm. In a booth? I was in a booth. Oh, nice. And you know what I had? Butter pecan. Tin roof Sunday. Oh, anything. Sunday, I'm pro Sunday. I was there with uh, my husband and I and our kids, and we were you know, talking, as we always do every time we're there, about the phone booths. Mm-hmm. What's a phone booth? Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's take a quick break. We can pull our money together. And by Clavens you know, as a group. The three of us. Wouldn't that be fun? Okay. I like to, I like to do a little I scoop. I think we're the kind of personalities oh. that could run an ice cream shop. I would love to run an ice cream of shop. Course. We go to the White House next, and that's not an ice cream flavor. It's reality. The White House. 101.5 WORD. There are three ways of dealing with the Bible, especially when you come to a passage that you don't quite agree with or understand. The first tactic is to pick and choose what you want to believe. The second is to remain ignorant of what the Bible has to say at all. The third is to dig into the Word and try to understand all of it, whether or not you like what it has to say. Well, if you fall into that last category or would like to, please join us this week on Through the Bible Radio. This evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. At the Original Mattress Factory, we make mattress shopping easy. We offer our lowest and best price to everyone, every day, so you can shop when you're ready. We show you exactly what's inside of our mattresses so you can see and feel the quality for yourself to ensure you're getting the best value. And we offer a no-pressure shopping experience. Our team is here to help you find the best mattress for you. It's that easy. Visit an OMF location today to see the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. This is Greg Trzynski from the Original Mattress Factory. Sometimes customers are a little surprised when they first walk through our doors. They don't always expect our prices to be so fair for such a high-quality product. My father found that producing our mattresses in our own local factories would eliminate the middleman, providing a higher-quality product at a lower price than mainstream brands. It's the secret to our success that we are happy to share with anyone that comes through our doors. Visit an OMF location today to see the Original Mattress Factory secret for yourself. As the humanitarian crisis grows in Ukraine, Food for the Poor is mobilizing to help displaced and refugee families. We had like five days, six days walking, no sleep, uh, only a little of food. Every day, more and more families are displaced, forced to leave their homes with only what they can carry. If you have a heart to help the people of war-torn Ukraine, please join with Food for the Poor and our ministry partners to help keep them from starving. A gift of any amount will make a huge difference. 
Food for the Poor has access to a network of more than 3,500 pastors in Ukraine and surrounding countries, as well as ministry partners who are already distributing food. Your generous financial gifts will allow us to help even more people. Please give your most generous gift right now. Call 855-828-4673, 855-828-HOPE, or click the Help Ukraine banner at wordfm.com. The uh-ohs are out there. Scratches, dents, unexpected natural events. But with Mako and their magic, your car is no longer tragic. So when life throws you uh-ohs, just say, Better get Mako! And go to mako.com to book your appointment today. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. It's a busy day in the nation's capital and around the world. Here to bring focus to that is Greg Clugston. Greg Clugston is the SRN News White House correspondent. He joins us every Monday at this time. Hey, Greg, happy Monday to you. How are things? Thank you, John. Hi, Kathy. Good to be here. Always look forward to Mondays with you guys. Always happy to see you, Greg. Um, Let's start with uh, President Biden issuing a cyber attack warning today. I'm reading here from Politico. Um, It says it's his most prominent alert yet about what he called new intelligence concerning Putin and his uh, regime's plans. So tell us what you know about that, Greg. Right. This statement just came out a couple of hours ago. We also had a briefing a short time ago at the White House that included remarks from the cyber advisor at the National Security Council at the White House to give us a little bit more of a readout and more information about that White House statement from the president. Essentially, the administration uh, has in the past given these kinds of warnings. Um, Sometimes it's acting on specific intelligence and sometimes uh, there are just... um, there are patterns that they're starting to see evolve that could give uh, could could raise concern about possible malicious activity. And again, the White House is seeing these patterns evolving for the possibility of malicious cyber activity that would perhaps be aimed at U.S. infrastructure, whether you're talking about power grids or water so- sources and water supplies, that sort of thing. So um, they they stress that there is no specific threat that they have targeted. But at the same time, given the, you know, the economic pressure that we're putting on Russia right now, uh, they are stepping up their warnings, not just publicly, but specifically to private companies, because a lot of the critical infrastructure here in the U.S., is handled and operated by the private sector. So the U.S. government is saying we're taking our precautions in the government uh, sector. The private sector needs to do the very same thing. I see. So uh, earlier today, Greg, I read that Apple Corporation, of course, they the makers of everyone's iPhones, they themselves were suffering worldwide uh, outages. And you kind of wondered, that was my first thought, is this, you know, the Putin regime and Russia doing their first uh, cybersecurity war? Right. You know, you know, the White House has been really careful, if not outright cautious, about specifically labeling whether Russia is responsible for uh, for either that particular episode or previous episodes that we've seen in Ukraine, really at the very beginning of the invasion almost a month ago now. Uh, there were some uh, outages and, and some other interruptions in Ukraine. 
And the White House uh, obviously has been monitoring all of that activity and is aware of it uh, with its experts and other federal agencies that track that sort of thing. Uh, And there were repeated questions today about specifics, but the White House is wanting to uh, just sort of give this blanket generic statement right now without getting into those kinds of specifics. Mm -hmm. So speaking of Ukraine and, of course, the war, I believe this is day 27. Can you talk about uh, where we are uh, from your perspective in the White House and the Biden administration's response? Well, uh, obviously, things on the ground have not gotten any better. Uh, we continue to see attacks uh, that include the deaths and injuries of, of civilians and children. Uh, refugees uh, continue to pour into neighboring countries, leaving Ukraine uh, if they are able to successfully flee their country. Um, I saw this one stat earlier that would be appropriate for you and and for your audience uh, there in Pittsburgh. And it was essentially saying that nearly 3 million Ukrainians have fled. I think that number is maybe closer to four now, but it's between three and four million Ukrainians have fled the country. Of course, Poland is next door, a a fairly large landmass compared to some of those other um, smaller countries in in Eastern Europe. And the city of Warsaw, uh, as of late last week, had taken in as many as 300,000 people into just the city, the capital city of Warsaw, Poland. And the, for context, it's as if the entire city of Pittsburgh moved to Warsaw in the matter of three weeks' time. Oh, my gosh. So that gives you just a sense of the influx and the rapid nature of cities and towns and, and regions having to take in refugees. Obviously, they're, they're wanting to do so to help these people. But at the same time, it's putting a big stress on whether it's food or just the ability to house all of these people. There's just no way to absorb that kind of number in such a short period of time. So if there's an emergency. So we already know about the emergency in Ukraine. Now there's an emergency in Poland, sure. right? This is just what happens in any kind of refugee crisis. Um, Greg, let me ask you about Biden labeling Putin a, a war criminal. Putin obviously didn't take well to that. He said some of the bombings today were in response to that. Um, did the White House comment? Not specifically on that, but uh, obviously the, the White House and the president decided to uh, choose those words and when to say those words publicly. It didn't happen uh, at the very beginning of the invasion. It didn't happen in week one or two. It happened closer to four weeks uh, into this invasion and, and the ongoing attack uh, that, that we've seen, this barrage of, of, of attacks against um, major cities as well as small towns across Ukraine. But obviously, the United States is um, is in conjunction with allies and partners, um, you know, watching very carefully the way the warfare is being handled by Putin and by the Russian forces. And it's widely seen as just being discriminately uh, applied in terms of whether it's going after hospitals or children, uh, uh, obviously uh, not allowing to have safe passageways for a lot of people who would seek refuge in Poland or neighboring countries. And so the White House felt it was time to uh, to put that label on Putin, knowing that, uh, you know, just simply saying that may not change the uh, the tact uh, going forward, but uh, putting putting the U.S. and putting President Biden himself on the record. We're speaking with Greg Clugston. Greg Clugston is the SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, uh, speaking of President Biden, he's about to uh, jettison off to Europe this week. What's the itinerary? And any understanding of what's going on? Right. He'll be meeting with NATO leaders uh, at a special, they call it an extraordinary summit meeting. It's taking place in Brussels, Belgium, will take place Thursday into Friday. 
uh, mostly on Thursday. And also there's there's a European Security Council summit that's happening there, too. And so he will be leading with a meeting and sitting down with all of these partners and, and allies as they discuss uh, perhaps next steps in the in the current situation, as well as dealing with the humanitarian crisis and how best to respond to refugees, just like we've been talking about. And that latter point will also be on the humanitarian crisis and, and those kinds of concerns. That'll be on the agenda when the president travels to Warsaw, Poland. He'll be there uh, traveling, I think, on Friday. And then on Saturday, we'll be meeting with the uh, Polish president in the capital of Warsaw. Mm-hmm. So these are uh, these are this is a trip that the White House has quickly put together here in just the last few days and announced the president will be leaving on and traveling all day Wednesday to get to Eastern Europe for those meetings. And they hope the White House hopes that by continuing the conversation with these partners in person, uh, they'll be able to uh, strengthen their resolve and, and perhaps uh, decide what to do next. It follows, for example, a lot of phone calls this president has been having with his counterparts around the world. In fact, earlier today, he was had an hour-long phone call with uh, the leaders of Italy and Germany, France, and the UK. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a continuation Good. of those ongoing discussions. I appreciate the president making that trip. It's not without risk. And I'm sure, you know, for how uncertain things are with those of us who live in the United States and how much anxiety we feel about it, the anxiety must be sky high in Europe. Oh, absolutely. I mean, obviously, we're, we're separated by an ocean, but uh, we have uh, we have uh, long running ties and partnerships with uh, so many key governments. And of course, being a member of the NATO alliance uh, brings with it um, you know, the added concern that the NATO countries sure. are in the crosshairs here, that the, the Russia attack on Ukraine could potentially spread f- farther out and spiral out of control and, and, and involving more NATO countries. Oh. Uh, and so obviously that is a that is a big concern in, in terms of going uh, to or near a war zone. Obviously, there are risks. You're right, Kathy. The president, uh, rather, the White House was asked if the president um, would be traveling to, for example, the border with Ukraine or even stepping across the border. There are no plans at all for Joe Biden to do that for a couple of reasons. Obviously, security, uh, it would take immense security measures uh, to do that, but also just the resources involved in moving an American president in that sort of situation could detract from the efforts that are needed to help those, for example, that are coming across the border seeking refuge. Uh, so the White House says those are not in the works for later this week. Very good. Greg, there's a lot to cover there. Thank you so much for that input. Uh, let's move much closer to home uh, in Washington, D.C. right now. Supreme Court nomination hearings are underway. What can you tell us uh, today, the first day of the hearings? Right. They got underway today. And today was, as as any of these confirmation hearings are, day one is when we primarily hear from uh, the senators who sit on the Judiciary Committee. They have uh, their opportunity to give their opening statements and go in any direction that they see fit. And so uh, pretty much today we saw what we expected. We heard and saw from Democrats who are talking about the historic nature of this nomination of Katanji Brown-Jackson uh, and the fact that she is uh, eminently qualified and will bring this kind of experience and, and, and judicial 
um, you know, track record and resume to the Supreme Court uh, that is needed right now. Republicans, uh, while for the most part polite, did signal that they're going to uh, ask some tough questions about her constitutional philosophy uh, and her background and her experience and all the rest. She did give her opening statement at the end of the day. And so tomorrow and Wednesday, we should expect all of the back and forth between the nominee and the members of the Senate Judiciary Committee. Sure to uh, produce some fireworks, right? We remember the last couple. (laughs) Right. Well, and, you know, that's interesting that you bring that up, Kathy, because it's pretty evident based on some of the comments today from some of the Republican members of the Senate Judiciary Committee that uh, they're still pretty upset and sore about Mm -hmm. the treatment Brett Kavanaugh got uh, going on three years ago now, I guess, at those uh, hearings, Mm -hmm. uh, which obviously... Uh, we're pretty contentious. We're, we're extremely contentious. And so there's uh, still some some bad feelings there. And uh, we'll have to see if that spills over into the confirmation hearings this week. Right. Seems like people in Congress have long memories. <laughs> yes, well, they do. Uh, so today, kind of like an OK day tomorrow, much more interesting and Wednesday as well. Yeah. I think so in terms of the potential to to really hear from the nominee herself, because today she basically had to sit back yeah. and listen to all the senators give their five or 10 minute speeches. Senate explaining. Uh, and then she, yeah. <laughs> and she was able then to read her opening statement, which she had already prepared. So it's a long day for the nom. Well, they're all long days for yeah. the nominee sure, in course. particular. But today it's just sitting there and listening, essentially. Mm, yeah, that's good. All right, Greg, uh, last question for you. And I know that you approach this portion of the interview with trepidation. Uh, (laughs) As I should. God bless you. Uh, Did you hear that uh, Amy Schumer tried to get uh, President uh, Volodymyr Zelensky to appear at the Oscars? Mm -hmm. No, I I didn't Mm -hmm. hear that. Yeah, yeah. And apparently the idea was, no pun intended, shot down. um, Right. Mm-hmm. For any number of good reasons, yeah, yeah, and I wonder if there, if you've ever heard of any president of a foreign nation who was recently attacked by a neighboring government invited to present at the Oscars. Never, no, no, no. I think that's a first. Boy, uh, a wartime president, an existing current wartime president. Now, obviously, it's the idea is not a wild idea because of the acting experience and background. That Zelensky has. He's 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 starred in films and mm-hmm. has done stand up comedy and all the rest. Right. Uh, and of course, he has as we've talked about over the last couple of weeks. He's really endeared himself not only to the Ukrainian people, but people around the world. Amazingly for his, so. Right. Yeah, absolutely. For his his defense uh, of the country there. But given his entertainment background, you, you can understand why Schumer maybe wanted to do that. But mm-hmm. the timing, uh, a little questionable. Yeah, I right. think I think he's busy. Yeah. I mean, different circumstances, better times. He would have jumped at it. However, uh, things are, t- you know, he's got his hands full, like you're saying. And and perhaps in the future, uh, you know, if hopefully things can uh, can get settled in Ukraine and many years down the road, perhaps uh, when it's a it's a better time, that, that would be a that would be a kind of a fun get yeah. if right. that happens. Not right now. Though. So let's wait a little. Yeah, exactly. Craig, always good. Hey, thanks so much for filling us in. We know there's a lot going on on your plate and around the world. So uh, we appreciate you bringing us up to date. Sure thing. Take care. Our pleasure. Greg Clarkston, SRN News White House correspondent. As we said, you can find Greg at wordfm.com and SRN News as well across the country and around the world. We'll take a quick break. We do come back. Hot plate specials. Hot plate. Oh, the renovation menu. Update. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. 
and Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero, right now get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. For over 40 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. Your life, your hopes, and whatever you are searching for at 1.15 a.m., it's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. I had somebody ask me the other day if this is my real voice. Word FM presents a night out with comedian Chad Thornsbury. Like if I had the talent to do voices, this is the one I'm picking. 7 p.m. May 20th at Impact Christian Church, Moon Township. A buddy of mine, he's a comic, he's from Australia, and talks like, wow, did you hear that accent? I bet that means he is great with women. And they hear me talk like, wow, did you hear that accent? I bet that means he can fix my tractor. General admission, just $30 each. Tickets on sale now. Which I can, but that's not the point. At wordfm.com Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, tune in, and on Odyssey, in your car or at home too, at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight with a low of 41. A thick cloud cover tomorrow, tomorrow's high 58. Tomorrow night, cloudy skies. We'll see a passing evening shower, followed by occasional rain and drizzle late, the low 48. Wednesday will be cloudy with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. It will be breezy. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 62. Thursday, breezy, intervals of clouds and sun, high 60. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. We have been following closely along as Cap has their... First floor renovation. Yeah, all of you with bated breath. The kitchen. Well, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always interested. You know, the kitchen renovation, the dining room downstairs. Mm-hmm. You got a good crew of guys in there. I sure do. Matt and Corey are hard at work right now, even as we speak. Even. But so it's necessitated you leaving your kitchen and cooking everything in a bedroom on a hot plate mm-hmm. or an air fryer. Right. Those are the only two options I have. And doing the dishes in the bathtub. <laughs> right. So. 
I guess this brings us to this segment we call Hot Plate Specials. So, you know, I said earlier, our last edition of Hot Plate Specials, that I've tamped down my expectations. Yeah. Okay. I thought I was going to make this, that, and the other thing. Well, when you're doing the dishes in the bathtub, things really lose their luster. So the Easter ham? Mm, not not doing it. Mm-mm. The Thanksgiving turkey? <laughs> no. No. We're over that for sure. However, I did land on something that has produced really significant results. Take out. Nope. <laughs> no, because I'm trying to save money wherever I can. Look, it's a new product at Trader Joe's. Are you ready for what it is? You buy it in the produce section. Yeah. It's in a bag. Uh-huh. It's called Ready Veggies. Okay? Listen. Ready Veggies, it's a blend of broccoli, Brussels sprouts, red cabbage, kale, carrots, and snow peas. Yeah. Okay? You just rip open the bag. They're mm-hmm. all washed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. You turn your hot plate on. <laughs> put your pan on there. Put your olive oil in. Yeah. Okay? Then you dump your TJ's Ready Veggies in there. Mm-hmm. Cook it for like five minutes till everything gets, you know, softened a little bit. Mm-hmm. You add a copious amount of salt and pepper, right, to kind of, you know, spice things up. Maybe you might add some Cajun seasoning if you're in the mood. Maybe you want to add some chili lime, you know, whatever you want, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, then you add Monterey Jack. Sprinkle it in there, mm-hmm. okay? And then the very last thing you're going to do... Mm-hmm. Kale. You're, nope, the kale's already in there. No, you're going to whip up in a bowl six eggs and yeah. you're going to pour the eggs on top. So you've got kind of like an omelet thing, but super heavy on the vegetables. And you have one pan to clean. And some, what what are you, using paper plates for you? No, we're using regular plates. Because I figure if I'm going to clean the pan, I might as well clean two plates. I don't want to like, you know. That's what it is. I'm telling you, go to Trader Joe's, get the ready veggies in the bag in the produce section. It is delicious. It is delicious. And you can have dinner for two. Okay, so that's one night a week. Okay. You got six more to fill. I told you that's all I'm doing today. All right. Low expectations. It's kind of like, uh, isn't it sort of like, you know, like a prison, uh, you know, guys like in a cell making it's a like little bit. Meal, it's right? a little bit like it, but then I found out that you can make toast in the air fryer, mm. and then it all started to come together. I want to really, I, I mean, I, I applaud your creativity. Thank you. Uh, you don't want to come for dinner, though. I don't really want to come over for it's dinner. Dead. No, no. I'd do a quarter pounder. Aren't you like, don't you want a quarter pounder? Like a little takeout? That's just, you can't do takeout every day, John. All right, I guess so. Hot plate specials. Kath gives us an update. 101.5 WORD. If you hope in God, that means you must obey God. Join pastor and speaker Dr. Tony Evans for a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience on a luxury cruise through Alaska. Enter our Tony Evans Alaska Cruise Sweepstakes. The grand prize includes airfare for two to Seattle, where the cruise ship will stop in Juneau, Glacier Bay, Ketchikan, and Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. There's a whole lot there. Cruise with Tony Evans. Enter at wordfm.com slash contests. This is important news. If you have unfiled tax returns, the IRS is shifting gears and ramping up investigations on non-filers this year. If you fail to file your tax returns for a year or more, or you owe back taxes, Now's the time to call Optima Tax Relief before the IRS finds you. Optima is America's number one most trusted tax resolution firm, specialized in helping individuals, families, and businesses get right with the IRS. They're experts in the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, a powerful new program.
program that can make resolving tax issues easier. A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, Optima's award-winning team has helped thousands of people protect their paychecks, bank accounts, homes, and businesses by putting their tax problems to rest, resolving over $1 billion in tax debts for their clients. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. McQueen Building Company. It's about our people, but it's what others say about us that we really want you to hear. It was a pleasure working with McQueen. Everything we agreed on in the contract was done and done to my satisfaction. I'll certainly have them for any future projects and have recommended them to friends. Jeff works hard, is committed to success, and willing to go above and beyond in his zeal for the best outcome. I highly recommend Jeff, his work ethic, and his commitment to excellence. McQueen Building Company. See our work for yourself at mcqueenbuildingcompany.com. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I'm asking about Prevnar 20 because there's a chance pneumococcal pneumonia could put me in the hospital. Age 65 or older, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I want to be able to keep my plans. So I'm asking my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. Healing. It's a painful world, isn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if healing was a simple one-time matter? And you went on with it, and everything was good to go? You were all fixed? Yeah. But boy, I mean, a lot of people go through this world in a lot of pain, whether it's physical pain, psychological pain, Mm -hmm. spiritual pain. Amy Julia Becker is back with us. Amy Julia has been a guest on our show many times over the years, author of four books, including her latest, which is called To Be Made Well, An Invitation to Wholeness, Healing, and Hope. Amy Julia, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Always good. Amy, Julia, we've uh, known you for a long time. I remember the first time we talked to you, uh, John and I were in a different studio then, but I remember us talking about your daughter, Penny, who at that time was maybe, I don't know, three years old. Um, <laughs> how old's Penny now? Penny is 16. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. That's a long time. That is crazy. So we've talked a lot over the years, and you've written so well about what it means to be the mom of a uh, son or daughter that has Down syndrome. And so we followed along with Penny's great you know, triumphs and the joy that she's been to your family. And you've helped so many people to kind of traverse that path also. So when you look at this new project called To Be Made Well, and those of you who are watching on Zoom right now at the Word Pittsburgh, I'm going to hold it up. It's called To Be Made Well, an invitation to wholeness, healing, and hope. Um, were you thinking about Penny? Were you thinking about yourself? Were you thinking about the post covid world that we're all living in all of the above (laughs) yes i you know certainly having a child with a disability uh has prompted i think different a different understanding of healing than maybe i had uh you know 20 years ago and yet also 
as I have just grown up as a Christian, as I've looked around our world, as I've experienced just physical pain in my own body, but also the um, pain that we, I think, are experiencing as a culture in terms of our social divisions and lots of the just angst that we feel emotionally, whether that's personal or social, all of those things have gotten me thinking about healing and contributed to wanting to really look into the stories of Jesus as a healer and try to understand what do these stories have to do with our lives here and now today. Yes. So, I mean, Julia, as you're doing research about this, I'm sure, you know, you just in your very small circles, circles within your family with Penny, uh, outer circles with your friends, your relatives, people who you worship with at church on, on Sunday, everyone in some ways is sharing with you stories about being in pain and looking for healing. So what has that been like to, to sort of drill down into that? I mean, healing would be great if it just came to all of us all the time. But the fact of the matter is, as we said com- coming in, a lot of people wish for healing and most people are not healed. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I have just been receiving a story after story, whether that's just like, oh, yeah, I've been having some lower back pain or people who've had chronic illness that has been with them for decades um, and who are in a place of really just continuing to desire healing, as you said. And I think one thing that I learned from doing the research for this book and also in just thinking about healing from a biblical perspective is that healing is um, its kind of bigger than we think it is. And so I do actually think that many of us reduce healing to how our bodies feel and that idea that you all were even talking about at the beginning of like being fixed. And there's, um, there's a theologian named John Swinton who writes about this and he says, you know, a biomedical understanding of healing wasn't even available in Jesus's day. Like they didn't even mm-hmm. have that um, in the same way that we do today. But and it's really helpful. Biomedicine is awesome. I'm really a big fan of you know the fact that we can whether it's take an antibiotic or an antidepressant, right? Yeah. But there's so much more healing available to us that is not just about like getting bodily pain to feel better. And so when we start to think about healing in terms of our minds, bodies, spirits, and communities, our relationships, our relationship to God, our relationships to each other, even our relationships to ourselves, then I think we start to have a better understanding of the way God can heal us, even in the midst of ongoing physical pain. So that's a good I, so I know that ideally that that would be an integrated process mm-hmm. in a person, right? So your physiological healing would go along with your psychological healing and your spiritual progress and all that sort of thing. But I'm wondering if in your experience and your research for the book, that was something that you found you had to attack separately. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or- there, I agree. Like one of the things that I was really worried about with this book was the idea that if you get yourself right with God, then you will be healed. And so kind of the converse of that, if you have pain in your body, you must not be right with God, right? You know, like I think there's like a simplistic way of thinking about this that comes out a lot in the way that we, you know, experience people praying for us or the way we might even pray for ourselves or think about ourselves. And then I just started thinking about like Paul saying, I have prayed and prayed and prayed that this thorn in my flesh would be taken away, and God said no. And so there are plenty of examples, but that's like a pretty specific one 
of something that at least sounds physically painful and where God says, nope, that's something you're going to be living with. And one of the things that came up again and again, even as I was doing this research, was the fact that Jesus has wounds. I mean, there are scars that have healed, but nevertheless, still wounds in his resurrected body. So like his quote-unquote perfect body still contains evidence of the ways and that he was broken and wounded. And so I think there's a complexity and the way in which our bodies sometimes bear witness to the pain in the world and the fact that the world is not as it should be. And that's actually still something that can lead us into a deeper healing and an experience of God's love, even though that pain might remain. Mm-hmm. That's good. So okay. yes, I think they're all integrated and can go together, but I don't think that that means we will all, um, you know, experience the wholeness and healing in the way that we expect it, uh, or even, you know, in in kind of its fullness or totality on this side of heaven. Right. Okay, so in the name of Julia, that idea of because I'm, I'm asking for healing and I'm not healed, then, you know, there's something wrong with my relationship. I mean, so there's an impediment in some way. Mm-hmm. But it is true, though, I mean, to some degree, and I, I'm not going to open up that door, you know, and run down, you know, Christian scientists and all that whole thing. But, you know, th- there are oftentimes impediments to our healing, whether they are, I mean, you know, of course, you know, pick it, psychological, spiritual, uh, emotional, whatnot, right? What are some of those impediments? Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's really important for us not to think that, you know, clearing the impediments is our job and then God gets to work, right? Right, Like God works in the midst of the impediments that are all over the place all the time. And that's certainly true in the Bible. And it's true. It has been true in my life. That said, one of the things that I did um, write about in this book was what I see as barriers to healing that come up in scripture, but also have come up in my own life. So um, in the book, I write about four barriers, distraction, shame, anxiety, and status, because all of these different uh, behaviors and, I guess, aspects of who we are can really get in the way of us seeing our need for healing. We There's so much we do to try to avoid pain, and we might not even know the pain is there uh, because we're so busy or we're so distracted, we're just not paying attention. Um, and then even once we do start to pay attention, that pain, obviously it's painful. And so we might <laughs> try to get away from it all all over again, whether that's, again, yeah. by taking an Advil or, you know, through uh, spending some more time on our phones. So, yeah, I do think there are lots of barriers to healing, but I also think God works in the midst of them. That's good. Holding the new book in my hand, it's called To Be Made Well, An Invitation to Wholeness, Healing, and Hope, talking to author Amy Julia Becker. Um, Amy Julia, what's the difference, or maybe there are similarities also, between dealing with um, issues related to Penny and her disabilities and her abilities, and dealing with your own pain? Yeah, so I think part of it is, for a long time, well, certainly when Penny was first born, I thought about disability as if disability was in and of itself like brokenness that needed to be healed. And over time, I came to see that there is brokenness associated with disability, but there's also just human limitations. And human limitations are not bad in and of themselves. And in fact, can be very good because they open us up to our need for one another and for God. They provide ways for us to connect and to actually be made more well and more whole as we connect to one another. 
And so instead of seeing disability as like a problem to be fixed or a, um, you know, brokenness to be healed, I started to see it as a part of just what a different expression of being human. So I have brokenness and I have limitations. Penny has brokenness and she has limitations. Many of those things are associated with her disability, but they're not different in the sense of her being more broken than I am Mm. or needing healing more than I do. And that was a really important distinction for me to make. Um, I think both of us have areas that we really do and are going to need to over the course of our lives bring to God for healing, but they go back to at its root understanding that we are beloved children of God. If we believe our belovedness, that is really the pathway to healing. And sometimes I wonder whether Penny is more able to believe that because she lives in a place with a greater understanding of neediness and vulnerability than I often do. Uh, So there's a guy named Brian Brock who writes about his son, Adam, who has Down syndrome. And he says that Adam, who has Down syndrome and autism and has had a lot of medical complications over the course of his life, Brian says that Adam is the healthiest person he knows Mm -hmm. because he is the one who is most fully integrated with God. And I think it's important for me to recognize that my understanding of health when it comes to like, you know, I don't know how how many weights I could lift or something (laughs) um, is perhaps really different than Jesus's understanding of what it means to be a healthy person. That's good. Wow, that's really good. Amy Joya, thanks. We've barely just scratched the surface here. And so appreciate you diving into this, especially, you know, where we are in the midst of uh, the pandemic. And as we Mm -hmm. honored rightly the nurses and the doctors and all those people on the front lines and how they absorbed, you know, all the pain and helped us through these healing Mm -hmm. processes. So this is a great first step for you to go in here and uh, especially so timely in the midst of this pandemic to be made well. Thanks for this. Come back and let's have more conversation. I would love it. Thank you. Our pleasure. It's Amy Julia Becker, the new book, To Be Made Well, An Invitation to Wholeness, Healing, and Hope. I love it. I'm into that. We'll take a quick break. When we do come back, Andy Warhol, Pittsburgh's own, he is on um, the Newswire because of an auction. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we've got a big old announcement. The biggest of it. Extra, extra, read all about it, big. Grab a seat. Pull up a chair. Cue the music. Welcome in the dancers. That might be pushing it. Eh, I didn't write this stuff. Okay, here's the big announcement. Any Word FM listener who uses United Faith Mortgage when purchasing a new home, we will pay $1,000 of your closing costs. Booyah! No gimmicks. No extra costs. Just a healthy amount of niceness. Here's Uncle Ryan to wrap it up. The announcement is true. In reality, we believe that home purchases are going to pick back up this year, and we want to excite you to use us. We're a family mortgage team committed to this station, and we want to go the extra mile. We are United, United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Why doing it right? Roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing it right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You'll receive a 
a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. This is Pastor Tom Hall. People are capable of such goodness. So why are we at war with each other? It turns out the Christian faith is completely realistic about human nature. Faith gives us the tools to examine ourselves and imagine a better future. Join us for worship at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown, Sundays at 1045, for our sermon series, What's Wrong With Us? Learn more at fpcp.org. humble beginnings in Oakland to the north side where they still operate a scrap metal business the Warhola family and then shortened to Warhol by Andy Warhol who had some success here in advertising in the 50s moved to New York and reinvented pop culture as we know it well news today that a Andy Warhol's silkscreen print will go on the auction block and later this spring expected to set a record of some $200 million of starlet Marilyn Monroe on a silkscreen portrait, the highest ever for any piece of artwork at auction, some $200 million. Wow. That's such a sky-high figure. Inflation. You're talking about lettuce. Oh, my God. Imagine artwork, right. right? I can't get over that. It's going to oh smash my. the latest. The current record auction is $105.4 million uh, in from Sotheby's nine years ago. They sold the uh, silver car crash. Remember that? So, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, so this is this is an image, of course, everyone's familiar with. You know, Andy Warhol and Marilyn Monroe, that image goes sure. hand in hand. Are you a fan? I'm really not. You're not a fan. I just have to be honest. I mean, I appreciate the fact that he was a great artist. It's not my thing. You? I, I, well, I I don't own any, you know, prints or anything like that. I don't own any originals. <laughs> you might own this one, though. I mean, just depending on if you win the auction. But I think he's fascinating. He, was he is fascinating. An odd character mm-hmm. who, you know, where we are right now as far as social media and self-promotion and all that. Yep, he got that. Yeah, it was that's one of the why early. I think he, that's pro- why I think he was a great artist. I do. He he had he had an uncanny ability to see what was happening. Yeah, and to see what it might become. He creates something out he of did. whole cloth. He did, and I love that he's a Pittsburgher, mm-hmm. and his family, you know, is in like I said, the scrap metal business. They're still around. His, you know, they're still Pittsburghers, right? Of course, you've been over to the north. You've been to the north side of the museum. Oh, uh-huh. it's fun. Sure, the mylar balloons and whatnot, okay. right? Um, it's not. Do you like? Are you, 
I've been there a couple of times. Okay. It's not like yeah, I have to go back. Right. On a regular, but they do do, you know, it's really, uh, at least the last time I was there, and when our kids were little, we would frequent the little photo booth in the basement. Mm-hmm, sure. Which, you know, is right. a black and white, old-fashioned, yep. 1960s photo booth. Right. It's still in operation, and we, you know, would do like Mother's Day things mm-hmm. and just kind of fun with the kid when the kids were little. Sure. I don't know. Okay, if you were if you were going to, if you had unlimited resources, and you were going to purchase a work of art, w- like a specific work or like a something, is there an artist that you love? A Rembrandt. Okay. Great. I, I would, but I would never own. No, right. Even if you had unlimited resources. You, you want other people to be, it should be in a museum. I mean. I'm what very, about if you were going to get the highest quality print? That'd be, the, that'd be great. You would go with Rembrandt? I think so. Okay. I mean, there's so many beautiful, I incredible. I know. I mean, try to narrow it down to one thing. Well, if you were going to say Rembrandt, how could you narrow it down? Right. I'd do a Rembrandt Jesus image because they're you know incredible. What? The um, Reich Museum in Amsterdam has a huge collection of Rembrandts. Uh-huh. And I was not able to go when I was there. It's one of those things I look back on and think, I can't believe I didn't get in there. Just Just not enough time. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I mean, art's fascinating. I want to be surrounded by it. I love people who create it. I just like to hang out in museums, to be honest with you. I don't need to own the art. I just love, I love art museums. Plus, it's on your phone. Just take me to one. It's not the same looking at it on your phone, though. Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker too. Plus iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Pennsylvania State Police opening a probe following the deaths of two troopers and a civilian. All three were struck by a vehicle on an interstate in Philadelphia. Police say the troopers were trying to get a pedestrian off of I-95 when the three were struck by a vehicle traveling at an extremely high rate of speed. In Kentucky, crews are still searching. A coal miner was working alone late last night when a roof collapsed. Senate Judiciary Committee has begun confirmation hearings now for Katanji Brown-Jackson. If confirmed, she would be the first black woman to sit on the high court. And Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas remains hospitalized in Washington with an infection. Authorities say Thomas has had a flu-like symptom. This is SRN News. As the humanitarian crisis grows in Ukraine, Food for the Poor is mobilizing to help displaced and refugee families. We had like five days, six days walking, no sleep, uh, only a little of food. Every day, more and more families are displaced, forced to leave their homes with only what they can carry. If you have a heart to help the people of war-torn Ukraine, Please join with Food for the Poor and our ministry partners to help keep them from starving. A gift of any amount will make a huge difference. 
Food for the Poor has access to a network of more than 3,500 pastors in Ukraine and surrounding countries, as well as ministry partners who are already distributing food. Your generous financial gifts will allow us to help even more people. Please give your most generous gift right now. Call 855-828-4673, 855-828-HOPE, or click the Help Ukraine banner at wordfm.com. For over 40 years, First Baptist Christian School of Butler has quietly offered parents one of the most affordable, high-quality Christian educations around. A complete education from pre-K through 12th grade, with free busing, smaller classes, an extremely high teacher-student ratio, competitive athletics, and SAT scores well above the national average. Think an affordable Christian education is beyond your reach? Think again. First Baptist Christian School of Butler at butlerfbcs.com. When it matters, companies need more than just a delivery service. CentOS delivers full service and the reliability that comes with having a dedicated CentOS service rep who understands your business, which means they deliver confidence and peace of mind, too. For uniforms, cleaning essentials, mats, first aid and safety supplies, and fire protection services, discover the personal attention you get with CentOS. Oh, I'm ready! Visit CentOS.com. And get ready for the workday. You tell your students that there's no such thing as a stupid question? That's such a lie, isn't it? It's time to get out and laugh again. Word FM presents a night out with comedian Chad Thornsbury. When you teach not only are there stupid questions, those are generally the only kind you get. 7 p.m. May 20th at Impact Christian Church, Moon Township. I had a kid tell me he was going to drop out of school. I said, what are you planning to do without a high school education? He said, don't worry about it. I'm going to get my EGD. General admission, just $30 each. Tickets on sale now. Maybe. At wordfm.com slash night out. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight with a low of 41. A thick cloud cover tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 58. Tomorrow night, cloudy skies. We'll see a passing evening shower followed by occasional rain and drizzle late. The low 48. Wednesday will be cloudy with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. It will be breezy. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 62. Thursday, breezy, intervals of clouds and sun, high 60. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. It's a spring Monday. What a gorgeous day. Fabulous. If you haven't been outside yet today, do your oh, very please. best to try before the sun goes down because it's Get just a beautiful spring day in Pittsburgh. I want to wash the windows. I would like you to wash the windows as well. Uh, my windows. Uh, well, what about my windows? <laughs> I don't think so. You know, I would also like you to wash my car, which you know I don't often say. Please get that car washed. Just, well, what about if you did it for me? Just take it to one of those drive-thrus. There's a place that's well, like a mile I from know, here. I know, but you're so much closer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It would take me a lot longer. I wouldn't do nearly. What I do is I do a double wash. I'll okay. go to a drive-thru myself, then wash it again with a bucket and, you know. Why would you do that? To really do a good job, because then you want to do the details. You want, you know, then what? You under the well, uh, wheel wells. You do the wheels a good job. So you're paying somebody to wash your car, and then you're going to come wash you it again. You get the major look. You know how dirty your car is. Yeah, now? You my, have car, any, my car is extremely dirty. You need to dirty. like go power wash it, get rid of all the salt, all the grime, and then do it by yourself leisurely on some afternoon or some morning, uh-huh. and really sort of like massage the cleanse. That's what I say. Christy wants to massage the cleanse. Right. 
Because mm-hmm. it feels good. Does, Does it? Oh, it feels good to have a clean car. Does Christy, it? I, I've I've talked about this before. I've never cleaned, washed my car a She's, single time in my whole life. You're crazy. Never. She's never had a car wash. No, I've had a car. I've taken my car to a car wash, but I've never washed my car myself ever. Okay, never a single a time. Bit. And I can count on one hand the number of times I've taken my car to a car wash in the last five years. So maybe once oh, a year. Because I've shamed you into it. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. And I felt badly about myself. But don't I you feel okay, fine? I have unlimited car washes. What? What? Yeah. How'd you do that? Did you used I, to work there? No. Well. Yes, but no, I go to a place in Moon and I pay monthly for unlimited car washes. Oh, see, how many times are you going? Once a week. Yeah, good for you. That's a lot to keep up You're, with. No, it's I excellent. I know, I go on the way, it's like to the grocery store, so I put my mobile order grocery thing in, go get my car wash, go get pick up my groceries and go back home Damn. every every Sunday. That feels good. Wow. That's very nice. Wow. Your car is very clean it right is. now. It is. It's not going to get all salted up. My car is disgusting. And don't push up against it over in your clothes. Yeah. Go get literally a mile from here. There's a great car wash. Cost you eight bucks. Okay. Well, right. maybe a little bit more now with inflation. Anyway, we saw news about the Friday night rally that Putin held in. I don't know if Putin held it or he directed that it would be held or the supporters of Putin decided to hold it. I don't know what, but it happened in Moscow on Friday night. And it was something else. Well, I mean, context is everything, although it's hard to put this in its proper context. But, but uh, you mean it's impossible to put in a context that makes it make any sense? Yes. So here you have Vladimir Putin, and he's quoting Jesus in, yep. a, in a positive way, like to say, your brothers are supporting each other on the front lines for Mother Russia. All right. You ready? Yeah. Reading here from The Week. Moscow police said that more than 200,000 people what? attended this pro-Putin rally. That's a lot of people. Um, speaking to a crowd, the crowd, in a turtleneck and down winter coat, President Vladimir Putin said he ordered the invasion of Ukraine to, quote, get people out of their misery, out of this genocide. That is the main reason, the motive and purpose of the military operation we began in Donbass and Ukraine. That's what he said. Okay. So he's saying the Ukrainian people have created genocide. Right, in those separatist controlled areas right, of, right, right. of the eastern part so of the country. So this is the response. Yes. And of course, people don't know because they're under a news blackout, right? right? The Kremlin's so they can't controlling see all news, news from outside. They don't see international news. He went on to say this Vladimir Putin did. This is where the words from the scriptures come to mind. Quote There is no greater love than if someone gives his soul for his friends which is some kind of reading of John 15. The mm-hmm. translated I've Putin never heard version. of someone gives his soul for his friends as a translation. But anyway. So now well, he, he not, identifies as Russian Orthodox. He also right. says he doesn't want to talk about his faith in public and never has, Thank or you. rarely has that I know of. But now he's quoting Jesus. We shouldn't be surprised. No. People will sure use God's word. To do anything they want to do. Of course, to justify whatever actions we have. But it is galling. It's insane. It just it really feels is. crazy. Your heart breaks if you read along. You see the truth of people dying in Ukraine. Um, I'm contacting our, our pastor. Genia? Pastor Genia has been incommunicado these last uh, he? uh, day and a half or so. And I've, we've texted freely. And he's been sending me photos and conversations about where he is and... But not recently, so I do pray for Pastor Zenia and for all people 
in the exodus of what is Ukraine. I mean, the country is just being pummeled. Uh, 10 million civilians have had to flee from their homes. Those are the numbers that I saw today uh, in the Wall Street Journal. 10 million civilians. That's a full 25%, a quarter of the uh, inhabitants of Ukraine. Well, it's interesting that what Greg Clugston, who joined us at the 4 o'clock hour, said essentially the number of refugees in Warsaw equals the city of Pittsburgh. That's happened in the last two weeks. 300,000 people in the city of Pittsburgh proper, right? I mean, that puts things in perspective. How many, you know, Heinz Fields is I just that can't imagine showing up. what type of infrastructure challenges they are having. Massive. That's that's like I, that's such a minimalist way to talk about it, but like what how, what would you do with that many uh humans in I, I don't And the, you know the food, the housing, all that. The hey, water. Listen, uh yeah. com. you know, we're uh, doing this with food for the poor. I'm not you know trying to Make it, but there it is. There's a, if you've not already given to an organization that is going to provide quality refugee help, we'd encourage you to go to wordfm.com. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, we'll talk about that, of course, uh, as the week goes on. But uh, good gravy. All right, let's take a quick break. When we do come back, we're going to jump from Putin to Tim Keller. Mm-hmm. Tim Keller, Kathy Keller, she a native Monroeviller. Will join us in just a few minutes. We check in with Tim and Kathy Keller next here. Pittsburgh's Christian Talk. It's the ride home on 101.5 Word FM or WORD. WORD. The Book of the Month giveaway. Grace. It's a word we've heard since the very first step in our faith journey. But do we really believe in God's grace? Dr. Andrew Farley's new book, The Grace Message, invites you to discover the best flavor of Christianity and celebrate the good news of the gospel to the fullest. Life is too short to miss out on God's best. Discover how big God's grace really is. Sign up to win The Grace Message at wordfm.com slash contests. Spring is in the air. Spring is everywhere. Hi, it's me, Marcia, from the Springhouse. And spring is a great time of year on both our farm and our our store. It kicks off with farm tours, and we just love sharing our farm with all those precious young folks. Graduation party season and wedding and shower season start up now, too. So my sister Jill and her catering crew are on the road in our Red Springhouse vans almost every day, delivering homemade country cooking to families all over the Tri-County area. My brother Sam and his farm guys are busy this time of year planting corn and pumpkins and hay, along with getting the cows milked and fed two times a day, too. The Springhouse store crew loves serving all the families that come to visit, to enjoy our homemade lunches and suppers, to take a zing down our hillside slide, and to top off their experience with a Springhouse ice cream concoction, like a strawberry ice cream shortcake. Come see us and let us share a little of our farm with you at the Springhouse. 724-228-3339 or springhousemarket.com. Are you ready to retire? Inflation is picking up, markets are volatile, and the dream of a comfortable retirement is harder to attain than ever before. The stock market goes up and down is beyond your control. But you're at a point in your life where you can't afford to make big financial mistakes. I'm Al Abaroa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Our investment strategy allows you to go up with the stock market, lock in your gains, and when the stock market goes down, your investment won't lose a dime. This works for your investments, savings at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's 
simple, it's safe, and that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500, and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to help build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and literally never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. As the world emerges from the pandemic, exciting opportunities exist for the local church. You're invited to a complimentary brunch buffet this Saturday at the Lamont as PRISM, the Pittsburgh Region International Student Ministries presents Gracious, featuring international apologist and author Abdu Murray. Be inspired and challenged as you hear how you can impact our world right from your local congregation. The brunch is free. Donations are welcome. RSVP at Eventbrite or visit pghcommission.org. Kathy and Tim Keller are with us. You drop by occasionally to check us out. Mm-hmm. Say hey. Kathy is a native of Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Of course, Tim Keller, him and his wife, Kath, uh, they started Redeemer Presbyterian Church more than 30 years ago in New York City. Uh, multiple New York Times best-selling books as well. We Kathy, refer to them as the Yinzer and her husband. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> Kath, Tim, welcome back. How you guys doing? We must be very oh, old. We did that that long ago. We you must did. be very old. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys are getting up there. There's no denying no, that. No, the time just flies. I don't. I don't think you're getting up there. I just think that I, I remember Billy. We're all like up there. Uh, yeah. Okay. But Billy Graham <laughs> okay. uh, was nearing the end of his life. Um, the, someone asked him, "What about life has surprised you?" And he said, "It's brevity." Yeah. And I thought, isn't that true? Well, you know, true. I, I, I remember talking to you guys some, I don't know, sometime over the last yes. year, yes, about um, how you met, you know, those early days of you being on Gordon Conwell's campus and, you know, what all that was about and everything. And, you know, the way you talk about it, of course, it seemed like it just happened, you know, two or three years ago. Well, one of our worship leaders once said to me, you know, the days are long, but the years, yep. they're short. Mm-hmm. And that's how it feels. Long yeah. days, short years. It does. You know, before you joined us, we were talking about Andy Warhol. Um, there's a, an article in today's Wall Street Journal that his Marilyn Monroe silkscreen print, one of those, is going to be up for auction in the neighborhood of some $200 million. Now, Kath, I mean, you know, I mean, Andy Warhol is like yourself. Uh, he's a Yinzer. He's a Pittsburgher. I know. But I like know. yourself as well, moved to Manhattan and, you know, helped to change the world. Any connection at all with Andy Warhol? Did he ever stop by and say, yes, hey? Yes, No, we didn't. We didn't actually meet him in the flesh. But one of his favorite restaurants where he would hold court, okay. the particular table, they pointed it out, is called Serendipity. Um, it, it majors in a concoction called frozen hot chocolate, which is oh, really whoa. quite delicious. And he had a... A table there where he would meet all of his buddies and they would talk for hours. And um, my kids loved the place too. It was right on the other side of the tram where we would take the tram to get off Roosevelt Island. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we went to Serendipity quite frequently when the boys were young. That was always where they chose for their birthday dinners. And um, our only connection is we sat in the same chairs around the same table. <laughs> now, he grew up in Oakland. You grew up in Monroeville. Uh, but that $200, uh, $200 million payday, that sort of puts the art world in, in, in focus, doesn't it? It does. Uh, yes. We will, But let's not say what it actually tells us. <laughs> yeah, that's the, right, that's the question. Okay, so the, let me ask you this. What... 
impossible to quantify this, but maybe this is just kind of like trying to take a step back and look at yourselves. How would you guys be different if you didn't live in New York? Hmm. If we had never lived yeah. in New York? Yeah, if yeah. you never lived in New York. Yeah, that, cha- that changed you profoundly, didn't it, Kath, Tim? Oh, yeah. Tim, you want to yeah. go with that? Um, <clears throat> well, there, there was a you, you might find this interesting that when everybody – that when we told a lot of our friends we were moving to New York to start a church and all that, um, one of our friends rightly said, what? They said, Tim Keller doesn't even know what he's got on half the time, and Kathy is pure Pittsburgh. And, and so, yeah, but the thing about, I, I think the thing about New York is it is something like a meritocracy, mm-hmm. meaning there's not, weirdly enough, um, <clears throat> If they think you're good enough at something, in other words, you're coming and you're doing something and they think you're good enough at it, they're relatively willing to uh, embrace you, you know, regardless of whether you've got a southern accent or a Pittsburgh accent. They're not, it's some, in some ways, it is a meritocracy. And uh, the Lord blessed us when we got here. And to some degree, I and mean, a lot of people found faith. And to everybody's surprise, the church, you know, a, a very conservative evangelical church grew in the middle of Manhattan, which was, you know, by our lights, nothing right. but a miracle. Yep. But it, what it did was it, it, it created a little bit of space. People said, oh, you must be good at what you're doing. And that's what we are. And we're good at what we do. And so there was a certain kind of respect there, uh, which was kind of interesting. But what Kathy's also saying is there's no doubt we would never have met the people we've met if we hadn't come here, because there's an awful lot of folks that uh, have a lot, I don't know how to say it, there's an awful lot of very ambitious people that show up here, and yeah. about 99% of them don't do well here. Right, right. But the few that are, if you win them to Christ, then you, the rest of your life, you find that you've had something of an impact on the art world, or the science world, or the political world. That's So that's... Maybe, Kathy, you have some other ideas on how to change this. Well, I think, I think, I'm not sure. I can't say what God's plan would be if. I mean, Aslan always said, I don't tell you anyone's story but your own. Um, I'm not sure our boys would be believers if we hadn't moved yeah. to New York. Move, moving here uh, made Tim a hero in their eyes. They hmm. knew we were scared, hmm. and they knew we were doing it even though we were scared because we felt that God wanted us to. How old were your kids when you moved there? Eleven, nine, and five. Wow. And every checkout lady who checked out groceries, the boys would stand there and just chatter. My dad moved here to plant church. We're starting a new church. My dad's a preacher, and he's starting mm-hmm. a new church. I mean, they thought he was doing something out of the ordinary and heroic. And I think if we had just stayed in a um, a place where we were just comfortable and, um, you know, doing the, the regular, doing church as usual, that right. it would have been... Um, you know, up to them to rebel as kids and say, uh, "Now nah, this isn't for me." Yeah. Whereas being a Christian in New York was being was was a rebellion. Yeah, you got to be a rebel a rebellious teenager yeah. just by identifying yourself as a Christian. Plus, they met all these twenty, thirty, something people who had done something else. You know been wild and crazy and then found Christ and would be very happy to tell you that the wild and crazy wasn't really 
satisfying. Oh, I love that. that. Jesus was. That's really powerful. I mean, like you said, right? 99% of the people who show up in New York City, they came there not to love. They were strivers, but their striving didn't produce the fruit that they had expected. But, you know, the end result, especially coming into faith with Christ and uh, having you as guides on that journey, uh, that just changed so many people. In some ways, that must feel like a, a wonderful accomplishment on your part. Well, well, um, we, we explained that before. It, we, it was a miracle. So, honestly. It was a miracle, and I'll tell you something else. New York is so big yeah. that anytime, anytime Tim was honored or, or you know, told what a wonderful thing he was doing, blah, 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 at a conference, when we'd go out of town, he was a very big frog in a very little mm, pond. Sure, yeah. sure, of course, sure. here in New York City, the pond is so big <laughs> that no matter what we did, it was a drop in the bucket. I mean, you could stand on the street corner right now, and the first 10,000, 100,000 people who go by, you say, do you know who Tim Keller is? Right, and right. it would be, who? what? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's hum- basically it's hard to get a big head here, right? That's all. <laughs> but the cool thing is, you were a hero in your kids' eyes because of what you did. Well, because they um, knew we were yeah. scared and we were doing it yeah. because we were trying to be obedient. I love it. Yeah. Okay, Tim, talk about that because I think that showing vulnerability, especially in a spiritual sense to our kids, is what a lot of parents try to not do. They feel like if I show any vulnerability or any sense that I'm doubting or I'm afraid or, or I'm something, clueless. yeah, I'm going to somehow tell, you know, show to them that it's not real and that God isn't real and make them into doubters. And so I have to be the perfect parent. I have to be, you know, the perfect Christian who follows along and, you know, tells my kids what to do. What the story you're telling is so different than that. Wait, you've, yeah, you've, and you just did a really good job of answering, you know, since the question, which is fine, by the way. Um, (laughs) uh, No, no, it's right. In other words, you do have to, the kids are much more likely to embrace your faith. If you express weakness and say, I'm scared, but this is what I'm doing, because uh, I think it's what God wants. And the second thing is, and that's, that's the, you might say, the macro or the, the bigger picture. In the, in the day-to-day, the other part of that vulnerability is when you just are willing to admit you're wrong. In other words, when you, you get too angry, you say something you shouldn't, when you do something wrong and you just come back to your kids and you say, I'm really sorry, I should never have done that. And so both of them are expressions of weakness. And I, Kathy and I, will we, we would be happy to shout from the rooftops. That is a far better way to be sure that your children are going to adopt the Christian faith and to have family devotions with them, not, not, which I'm not against, but, or, or take them to Sunday school or take them to youth group. At, at those things are nothing compared to that. So you're absolutely right. Right. Okay. Well, can I, I just follow up for one second here because yeah. this is a particular thing of mine. I think this is not just a problem with parenting. I think it's a problem with Christians in any aspect of their life. Is that your kids know, and all of your acquaintances and friends know what hypocrisy looks like. And the, the perfect airbrushed person who doesn't have any problems or weaknesses is a hypocrite because that's just their their airbrushed Instagram life. That's I mean, when you admit that you're a messed up person, but that Jesus is helping you, the other people get help because they know they're messed up. If you're perfect, and if it takes a perfect person to become a Christian, well, it's not for them. Right. It's just a horrible mistake that the Christian church is making, that we not presenting ourselves as redeemed sinners, but rather mm-hmm. people so great that we really didn't need to be redeemed. But you do. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, people, I'm sure, will take that well. <laughs> no, it doesn't go yeah. real well, right? Yeah. How's that working out? So, how do you do that then? Um, I mean, we are a mess. Everybody's a mess. Everybody needs. I mean, Kath and I were we're always like pro therapy. Everybody should be in therapy in some way. If the church would see us, and we could be transparent in our own crazy messiness, we're just. How do you? I mean, there's no you know singular answer here to say this is the PR message that we're striving for, but we just do a bad job of showing ourselves as in- the sick people who need the physician. Amen. Well, yeah, but there is a key. I think there is a key, and I'll jump in. Let me see if I can guess what you say. I'll tell you afterwards <laughs> if it is. Well, the key Thank is you. unless you are absolutely, deeply, profoundly sure that you're saved by grace alone that you're accepted by God, not because of your works, but of Christ's works. Not because of your performance and efforts, but Christ's performance and efforts. Unless you are absolutely sure of that, um, what happens is your heart, functionally, you might actually get a, you might get an A on your test and say, oh no, Jesus died for me, and I'm not saved by my good works. I'm, I know that I died, Jesus died for me, and that's why I'm going to heaven. But in your functional way of, your heart is functioning by saying, that my identity and my sense of self-worth is based in my performance. Uh, it doesn't really believe the gospel. And if it doesn't believe the gospel, then you cannot admit weakness. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. Yeah. You can't. Yeah, yeah. And if you believe it deep, deep, deep down, then you've got, you might say, the framing, the shock absorber, the ballast, whatever you want to call it, so that you're able to admit when you're wrong without drowning. Otherwise, you, you, to a great degree, our self-image is so much less, it's not based on what Jesus thinks of us. It's based on our reputation, how we look, and being moral, being religious. We, we, you, you can actually base your identity on being a Christian rather than on Jesus. Yeah. And in which case, then, I can't repent or I can't admit wrong because then I'm, you know, then I hate myself. Right. So, so, we, we, so Tim, you're saying we, we reveal our theology without even realizing it. You did it. You said it. That's it. <laughs> Kath, was that right? Good summary. Good summary. Um, I think Martin Luther was, I, mean, I thought he was just going to give the short answer, but it's Martin Luther summarized pretty much what Tim said, which is all of life is repentance. And you know, I've had many conversations with people who've heard that and said, well, I always think of repentance as something that you only do when it's really, you've done something terrible, terrible, and, and then it's really mm. powerfully unpleasant. And I said, no, 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 that's not the thing. Repentance is joyful because you know that you, you're going to be welcomed into the arms of your father. I mean, how do you treat your kids whenever they come and they tell you that they've done something wrong? You're just so glad they're talking to you. You're just so glad that they're, that they're aware that there's a moral order that they've transgressed. I mean, it's, you jump up and down for joy. That's good. Hey, we need to take a quick, a quick break. Can you stick around for just a few more minutes? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Thanks a lot, you guys. The, Kathy and Tim Keller are with us. We're going to step away for a minute. Uh, Kathy and Tim have a, a strong presence. Uh, Tim on Twitter. We're going to talk about that next. About what is it about the Christian faith different than other belief systems that makes Christianity so appealing? Creation Festival 2022 is your summer destination. June 29th through July 2nd at Agape Farm, Shirley'sburg, PA. Featuring Zach Williams, We the Kingdom, Bethel Music, Newsboys, 
Dante Bo, Red, and many more. Creation Festival, a tribute to our creator. Come for the day or the entire event and go home changed. Compassion International presents Creation Festival. Get half-off tickets now while they last exclusively at wordfm.com slash creation. Why doing it right? Roofing, siding, remodeling? It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs only experienced installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. Doing it right does business honestly, taking no money down and collecting balance upon completion. You will receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right does all work to manufacturers, National Roofing Contractors Association, and Vinyl Siding Institute guidelines and specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor and James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention John and Kathy for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimates. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or find them at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS. Study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Go to Mako.com for an online estimate today. Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from Itza and the Ad Council. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Hear that sound? It's priceless, because in every heartbeat, there's information that could change the way we think about heart health. Heartline is an app-based research study from Johnson & Johnson, in collaboration with Apple, where you can share your heart information and earn rewards for completing study activities, building knowledge that could advance heart health for everyone, beat by beat by beat. If you're 65 or older and have an iPhone, you could be eligible to take part. Go to heartline.com slash visit to learn more. The Heartline Study. Know your heart. Partly cloudy skies expected for tonight with a low of 41. A thick cloud cover tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 58. Tomorrow night, cloudy skies. We'll see a passing evening shower followed by occasional rain and drizzle late below 48. Wednesday will be cloudy with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. It will be breezy. We'll reach a high Wednesday of 62. Thursday, breezy. Intervals of clouds and sun, high 60. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Kathleen Tim Keller with us. We're talking Andy Warhol, Children's Faith, Roosevelt Island, New York City, all those things. Uh, Tim's doing a, th- a thing on Twitter this week, uh, twice a day. He is offering a series on Christianity's unique view, right, that other faiths, other worldviews, other philosophies, religions do not. Tim, this is cool. Um, you're diving into this. Why? Well, um, yeah, and I, it's, uh, they're all, by the way, they're already in the, in the queue, as you know. In other words, they're gonna, they're gonna run two a day all the way through Monday through Saturday. 
Um, I'll tell you why. Because a guy named Blaise Pascal, who many, many years ago, uh, he was a brilliant mathematician, French philosopher, but he was also a Christian and died before he could write a great book. Uh, but he had the notes of it together. It's called Ponsets now. And one of the Ponsets was he said that unless his skeptical friends find Christianity desirable, they're not going to sit still for uh, to hear a case that it's believable. Mm. In other words, he says, we have a tendency to just jump in and say, I'm going to show you the case for Christianity. Here's the evidence for the resurrection. Here's all the reasons why you can trust the Bible. And the point is, people are just, their eyes are glazing over because they don't care. And the reason they don't care is because they don't see that Christianity is desirable. And Pascal says, he says, unless you show people, unless you get people to the place where they wish it was true, they're not going to sit still for mm. a an argument that it is true. That's so that's what what I'm doing is I'm I'm actually what I would call is Christianity's offers because everyone is going to say Christianity offers these things that you want but that really nobody else offers. And isn't it odd, Tim? You know, when I step back and think about it, that I think a lot of people approach apologetics and the argument, um, the argumentative, argumentative um, approach to it, because the benefits seem like, well, that's just fluff. But really, the, be- the benefits yep. is at the heart of what we need. It's not that the apologetic can't help, um, but I appreciate that you're, uh, you know connecting with the heart element. Um, So I'm sure as a pastor, you saw the benefit of both things. How do they fit together? Well, actually, I would like to say that what I'm giving you is is the heart apologetic. Mm. And what you're talking about is the traditional, is the mind apologetic. And and what Pascal's trying to say is if the heart doesn't have any desire for something, it's not the mind is not going to sit still to figure out whether it's whether it's true or not. If you don't feel like you need this, there's no reason to spend the fair amount of time it takes to figure out whether Christianity is true. And so I would call it an apologetic in a way. It's a it's a way of recommending Christianity. And how do I find that out? I'm a pastor. I'm a preacher. I'm not a theologian or intellectual. I I'm actually out there talking with people. Not that, by the way, theologians don't do that, but I'm saying because of that, this is just, I see the way people work, and that's why I'm doing it this way. When you two get together, Kath and Tim, and you talk, uh, do you share the heavy lifting? I mean, you know, you're talking about Pascal. I mean, uh, do you each have uh, areas where you're diving deep? I mean, is there an affinity for one theologian? Well, you know, do you, you know what I'm saying? How does the intertwining of your conversations and the way you look at faith that that shorthand conversation you have as husband and wife, what does that look and feel like for you, Kath? Kath. Well, when I'm on my um, Zoom Bible study with um, the ladies in my um, small group, when I get to a question I can't answer, I'll holler for my research assistant <laughs> to come in. Hey, Tim. She has this research, um, six foot four research assistant. My, uh, I, I live with this research assistant who, if I don't know the answer, he can tell me. Tim's the one that can digest the, the big books, the heavy books, the heavy theology, and I get the Reader's Digest version through him. That's good. Which has been, you know, extremely time. Mm. Um, productive for me over the years uh, that we're not both reading the same things. I read other stuff and then recommend uh, to Tim the things that I'm reading that might be of use to him, things that will be illustrative or things that are 
um, you know, in the newspaper or things that are uh, going on in the culture. Yeah. So, Timmy, some uh, little. Let me, add, wait, let me advocate for my wife here. Thank you. We both got degrees at Gordon Conwell, so we both have master's degrees in theology. So she does have the basic vocabulary, but she tends to read fiction and to read mm. um, uh, contemporary. She doesn't tend to read the, the big, more intellectual books. So when I talk to her, she not only gets it. Mm. But then she actually gives me ideas on how to communicate. The application. Basically. That's it. So, I mean, that's the reason why we really are a team, even though it's fairly easy for her to say, I don't read those big books, I don't do that. On the other hand, I don't think I'd be anything close to being the communicator I am if it wasn't for Kathy. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Isn't it interesting? Well, I'm the writer and okay. editor of the team, and, uh, you know, the, Tim is the thinker. I would put it that way. We divide things up that way. But there is a deepness and a clarity to what's presented. I mean, so and the hand shouldn't say to the foot, "I don't need you," which obviously you're not doing, and that's healthy. <laughs> yeah, I'm the brain; she's the mouth. So <laughs> and that sums up the marriage. Or the red and, pen. Yeah, very oh good. gosh, isn't that interesting though to think about? You know, I was going back to you saying that you know Tim, you know, you read the big thick books, and Kathy, you read the fiction. And um, I, you know, ha- read not big, thick books, but I read a lot of books for this job. But my heart is in stories. That's what I grew up as a kid loving. That's what drew me into reading. That's what, you know, made me settle in libraries as a kid and, you know, formed a lot of my, you know, understanding of the world. And so I love that interplay you have between the solid, you know, theology and the study of the world. And also the story is what, like, develops our... The art. Yeah, it develops our, our heart and develops our, our art mm-hmm. in how we communicate it. And there's be- there's so much beauty in both things. Right. I appreciate that you know that. Uh, Tim, you want to talk about that a bit, Just, you know, getting that other side of it? Well, yeah, because there's a – you know, you can – Kathy would even when, – when she's editing something I'm writing and she's tearing to pieces, she's really saying even even if you're not technically telling a story – even if you're writing an article about, I don't know, whatever, Mm -hmm. Um, an article about uh, the culture and what's what's happening in our liberal secular culture and why Christianity is not at home anymore and how we are supposed to be, how do we interact with that? You know, she's, she said, I don't want you to write, uh, you know, a a university press essay. Mm -hmm. I still want this to be, in a sense, a story, Mm -hmm. you know, in that, uh, you know, what, how does this affect people's hearts? What is the problem? What has knocked life out of whack? Because every story is like this. Something knocks life out of whack. And then there's a struggle between the villain and, you know, the, the, you know, the protagonist, the antagonistic forces and and figures. And then there's, there's a hero. There's something that puts it right. And of course, Jesus and the gospel is the hero. And what she always wants me to, in a certain sense, turn any essay I do into a story that is not only addressing the head but the heart, and that is showing the basic shape. That basic shape, rather than just simply up oh, here's, you know, here's the arguments for, here's the arguments against, and here's why the arguments against aren't right. Right. How boring can that be? Well, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mean but that. <laughs> me and the other one half of one percent of the people of the world really right, enjoy right, those right. kinds of books. But she's right. I mean, the world is a story, right? So everything's in story form. J.R.R. Tolkien um, has a really interesting um, essay, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, called On Fairy Stories. Yes, and he ta- sure, okay, I know well, that. That's, it's such an important story, and yeah. he, he talks 
about the literary merits and, you know, a whole lot of things. And you're thinking, where is this going? And he, he coined a term called eucatastrophe, mm-hmm. which is you, the prefix meaning good, the good catastrophe, when you snatch victory out of the jaws of defeat. Um, and uh, the, the ending of the essay, he says, you know, it's, you used to be able to look for the Christ figure in every story. In fact, even when I was in college, that was still taught in English literature as, you know, who's the Christ figure in this story? Because every story had someone who was the Savior, who was sacrificially saving the situation. Now, I don't think that's how they teach English lit anymore, but um, he then ends saying, well, you know, but this this is where, you know, Christian faith is the, the story made true, the, an actual factual version, a historical version of something that we have been repeating in our literature for years because there's an echo in the universe we can't we can't not know that there has to be somebody who comes in and sacrifices themselves to save the day Hmm. and it's the story that we all want it doesn't matter how churched we are or unchurched we are that's the story that the human heart wants to hear that's right right what we were made for. We're talking with Kathy and Tim Keller. Guys, um, before you leave us, you know, uh, Tim, we know that you're having a battle with cancer and you always give us an update. So t- tell us how things are. You sound great. Oh, I feel fine. Um, because the cancer still, uh, how do you say arrested? It's sort of, okay. uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not growing much at all. I mean, there's a, <clears throat> the scans show tiny, tiny bit of progress, but not a whole lot. Um, that could change any time. So we just pray that, uh, there's, <laughs> there's three things that can happen and, and, um, uh, two of them are good, which is one is it stays exactly where it is, or it actually shrinks and goes away. And so we're just asking people to pray for that, for for either of those two good outcomes. Yeah. Um, okay. Specifically. So praying for one of those two outcomes, what about anything else specific, anything about your treatments or anything about, you know, your energy level or what you, some projects you guys are working on any way else that we can pray for you? Springtime in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, springtime in New York. It's been a very mild March. Usually we have our biggest snowstorms in March, but it's been very, very mild. Fabulous. Finally took down the Christmas decorations. <laughs> well, hey, hey, Kathy, I'll throw one. I'll throw one. We Because we're immuno, I'm immunocompromised, we're still not getting out to church. Mm. Oh, and, and we're not quite sure. We want to be safe. We, we do not want to... Um, compromise my whole treatment sure. which is very easily could be so um uh, i don't know i would pray that we find a way to be able to get back to church okay. in person somehow and in a way that we are happy is safe is that fair Kathy? yeah can yeah. i can i add on to that yeah. i've had a number of people tell us you just don't have enough faith or they'll say even in more unkind you're afraid of death that's why you won't um come to church and neither nice. one of those things is true um yeah, well, people do, and I've heard it from other people, even, you know, from England. I was talking to a friend today. She says she goes to church in her mask, and her pastor's wife says, take it off. You don't have enough faith. You're, you're not trusting God. He wouldn't let you get sick in church. And, you know, I said to her, you know, it sounds an awful lot to me like what was what, how Jesus was being tempted to jump off the top mm. of the the tower because God would take care of him and wouldn't let his foot be dashed. and 
Actually, there's a scriptural promise to that effect, but God hasn't promised me that if I make a foolish decision that he's going to jump in and save me from the consequences of it. So, you know, if if we do go back to being in person, meeting in, in large indoor groups and things like that, I guess I really don't want to have to deal with people being um, <laughs> ugly or unkind yeah. about the fact that we're going to still be masked up and doing the social distancing thing. Right. That's the other thing. If we go anywhere, it's sort of hard to disguise, and everybody's going to want to come up and wish him well, and you know, I'm going to want to put him in a plastic bubble and spirit mm-hmm. him away. So Cover him up, sure. It's, it's a difficult decision to make, but it's not based on fear of death or lack of faith because we that those aren't the issues the issues are Safety. being um medically wise being uh, socially uh responsible and spiritually not tempting god yeah I'm into that. well we know you guys well enough to trust you that you'll make the right decision there but yeah. we'll definitely pray that you can find a way mm-hmm. uh, to get back kathy and tim it's always a pleasure we uh, really appreciate you guys stopping by and spending a few minutes with us yeah, we love good. it. Thank you. Love Take care, well. both of you. That's Tim and Kathy Keller. Hey, check out Tim's newest book, Hope in Times of Fear. It's the perfect time to read it. Hope in Times of Fear, the resurrection and the meaning of Easter. Take a break. Come back. Does this make sense? It's our daily feature. That's up next. 101.5 WORD. The Word of God. It's bold, it's direct, it cuts across the grain of popular culture. It illuminates the mind and transforms the soul. Its meaning doesn't change. It applies to everyone, everywhere. Hi friend, this is John MacArthur encouraging you to find out what the Bible means by what it says. Join me for clear teaching from God's compelling Word every Monday through Friday right here on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing. Family owned and operated since 1939. I remember trying to choose a college when I was of that age and thinking, how does this work? There's no one to help me. Um, my parents didn't have a clue. They didn't attend college. My guidance counselor, he kind of shrugged his shoulders. There was a lot of anxiety. Uh, everything worked out fine in the end. But I, when you look at where kids are today, especially, I mean, all the pressure the mm. kids have, social media, all the online stuff, you get things in the mail nonstop. I mean, there's a lot of pressure to choose the right college, to do the right thing, to propel you to that full future that awaits you. It seems like a lot, doesn't it? I remember the first week or two of seventh grade for one of my daughters. Seventh grade. grade, They had an assembly where they were handed this chart and they had to like decide what they wanted to do career wise so that in seventh grade they could start picking the right classes so that they could graduate with the right skill set so they could get accepted into the right college and then they could get the job that they want. Oh my gosh. Now, that's so much pressure 
for a seventh grader. So where's God in all this? Exactly. And is there a way to raise children and encourage students to think that they don't just belong to themselves, but they belong to God? Find out at Grove City College. What does God have for you? gcc.edu. I knew teaching was my chosen profession. I called in the office on the second day or had a parent mad at me. Word FM presents a night out with comedian Chad Thornsbury. I walk in there and his dad jumps up. He said, I heard you called my daughter stupid. Like, I would never call your daughter stupid. 7 p.m. May 20th at Impact Christian Church, Moon Township. I asked her if she was stupid. <laughs> General admission, just $30 each. Tickets on sale now. I know there seems like there should be a second part to that joke, but that's where that one ends. That's where we go on. At wordfm.com slash night out. Make sense. Does what make sense? Food coloring. Yeah, food coloring makes sense. Food coloring is sort of like the window dressing. The the shirt and tie. Mm. Because if you had something that was, you know, unadorned, mm-hmm. there'd be a blandness. So a little oomph of color helps things go down it's more peeling i think so now i get it you know the health concerns yada yada ding dong ding but that notwithstanding it makes sense to me you're gonna color some easter eggs i'm gonna come out and say it does not make sense oh come on you want no, to be like bland no and kinda... listen this is what i'm saying there's something like you know when you go into sheets and you go to the slushy aisle and you look at the colors represented there. Is so there a pretty. part of you that steps back and says, that's not right? That is not right. No. Neither one of you. No, it makes me happy, no. as a matter of fact. See, I look at that and I think it's like a, a bad portion of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which is, in my mind, every portion, because I hate that story and movie. It's like, this is too much of a thing. This is not, this is unnatural. It's like, well, there is that. I mean, yeah, there, it's like uh, it's like gambling on the NFL. Like the NFL isn't exciting wait, enough wait, for you that you need to make it more exciting. What rabbit like, hole are you running down? Raspberry here? is exciting. Do we need to make it blue? Well, you do. I don't think you do. I think it's, I'm, I think I'm it's coming fun. out and saying no. All right, I'm taking my stand, John. Funny you brought up sheets because I was you know doing this cross country trip last week. Does this make sense? Cold coffee in a bottle. Oh. When I go in... You mean like a Frappuccino or you just mean plain coffee? Whatever. Now there's, you know, double shot espressos, Frappuccinos, you name it, you know, unsweetened, sweetened, with cream. Right. I love it so much. Now, are you going to drink that right out of the bottle? Are you going to pour it over ice? No. I'm drinking it right out of the bottle. Are you? It makes perfect sense. I mean, the variety, the quality of your coffee... It's off the charts. So great. I love it. It's like the greatest invention in now, the last 20 Are you going to choose to get reach into the case and get it yourself rather than paying the Starbucks barista to flip it, froth it together? For I you? love the Starbucks barista. I love myself, you know, a, a grande latte, mm-hmm. the hot one. What about but, the cold one? That's But in a pinch and I'm doing it in the bottle... Man, I love it, and it makes perfect sense. Does it make sense to you? Yeah, it does. Yeah, see? It really does. It's still, as long as you put sugar in coffee, I'm all in. And a little food coloring. No, no, no we're going to skip out. the food coloring. We're just going to be glad it's brown. Hi, I'm Al Aberroa, founder of Night Strategic Wealth. 
Inflation is picking up, markets are volatile, and the dream of a comfortable retirement is harder to attain than ever before. Nobody wants to run out of money in retirement. That's why I'm going to share something that your financial advisor doesn't want you to know. With our investment strategy, when the stock market goes up, you earn a market-linked return that locks in every year. And when the stock market goes down, your investments won't lose a dime. There are no unnecessary fees, and it works for your investments, money at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's simple, it's safe, and that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500, and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to help build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. At Lowe's, every pro is an MVP to us. It doesn't matter how big or small your business is. If you're a plumber, roofer, electrician, or remodeler, your business earns back when you spend, gets exclusive offers, and paint rewards. It all adds up to help drive your business. Join Lowe's MVP's Pro Rewards and Partnership Program today. Minimum purchase required. Earnings and paint rewards awarded as Lowe's e-gift cards. Exclusions, restrictions, and more terms apply. Filed through 1231.22. See Lowe's.com slash L slash Pro Loyalty Terms. Subject to change. U.S. only. As the world emerges from the pandemic, exciting opportunities exist for the local church. You're invited to a complimentary brunch buffet this Saturday at the Lamont as PRISM, the Pittsburgh Region International Student Ministries, presents Gracious, featuring international apologist and author Abdu Murray. Be inspired and challenged as you hear how you can impact our world right from your local congregation. The brunch is free. Donations are welcome. RSVP at Eventbrite or visit pghcommission.org. Your life, your hopes, and whatever you are searching for at 1.15 a.m., It's really none of our business, and it shouldn't be anyone else's. Protect your privacy online for free with DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. I had somebody ask me the other day if this is my real voice. Word FM presents a night out with comedian Chad Thornsbury. Like if I had the talent to do voices, this is the one I'm picking. 7 p.m. May 20th at Impact Christian Church, Moon Township. A buddy of mine, he's a comic, he's from Australia, and talks like, wow, did you hear that accent? I bet that means he is great with women. And they hear me talks like, wow, did you hear that accent? I bet that means he can fix my tractor. General admission, just $30 each. Tickets on sale now. Which I can, but that's not the point. At wordfm.com slash night out. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, Play the Word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. I think uh, next Sunday is the Oscars. Now, that's always problematic. <laughs> For a lot of reasons. For a lot of reasons. Right? People you know, all across rolling their eyes. Mm-hmm. I've always been a fan since I was a little boy. It's always this weird train wreck. It is. It's a curiosity. You want now, to see what people are going to say, and it's going to make you mad. Now, to be honest, in the streaming age that we live in, I believe that the Oscars, for many reasons, are sort of not, they're just not appealing. They've lost their luster, for, especially for a All younger generation. All these award generation. shows have lost their luster. For a younger generation, people aren't going to the movies. They don't care about the movies. Well, yeah, and people don't care about award shows, whether it's the Grammys, the Tonys, the America, Choice Award, you know, right up. Nobody's People's wa- Choice. Nobody's watching them. People's Choice. People's Choice. I never. I've never watched it. Okay, so uh, from Variety today, the uh, entertainment. I, I would say it's the entertainment bible. Sure. Variety's been okay. around for a long time. Uh, the comedian Amy Schumer, who along with Regina Hall 
and Wanda Sykes. They are this year's hosts. It's a thankless job. It is a thankless job. Everybody will be angry. So in the Variety article, uh, Amy Schumer says she pitched the idea of uh, having the president of Ukraine, uh, Zelensky, make a satellite or tape appearance on the Oscars. Which is ridiculous. Okay, so let me say what a bad idea that I feel like I, you know, I appreciate the fact that she knows who he is, knows what's going on in the world, and thinks that he's a laudable figure. People are dying in the streets. But really, so he's going to come on the Academy Awards? I mean, it's really ridiculous. So I just I, and like he's not kind of busy and like has survived three assassination attempts that we know. Of. And what's he going to do? Make a little joke, a little pun? I mean, it's just it's Meanwhile, like. Babies are being right. slaughtered. I mean, millions of people. I don't know. But I guess from their end, Amy Schumer would say, well, that would be a coup. That'd be a feather in our cap to have that. Well, yeah, it'd be a feather in our cap. Hopefully we have greater concerns for humanity than that. Right. All this to say, will you be tuning in next Sunday? I don't th- see. I feel like for this job, I have to. Why? No one cares. What do like what you think to. about the Oscars? No, no just, one cares. Look, I feel like it's part of American culture and we should nap. dip our toe in. Plus, nap. you're going to be watching it. You're going to talk about it. And I'm going to have to I'm be not able sure to I'm say something watch it. back. I've, you know, giving up TV for Lent. Oh, that's right. You're not going to. Well, then if you're not going to watch it, I'm not going to watch it. Well, I get, you know, it's on Sunday. And if I wanted to really drill down into it, All right, you, you know, you get right. the Sunday pass. Right, 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 right. So you're going to use your, your. I don't know. Your Lenten pass for the Academy right. Awards. Boy, feels, that's, it feels that's, cheap. That's low hanging fruit. With John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.